Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQBD in San Francisco, this is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. When was the last time you listened to a piece of music for hours on end? For gamers, that's not uncommon. Along with story, graphics, and gameplay, the music plays a vital role in an immersive gaming experience, like the theme from The Last of Us by Gustavo Santaolalla. Now you can hear video game music like this even if you're not a gamer or don't plan to be. There's a new streaming channel on Classical California devoted to it called Arcade, and it's bringing classical fans to video game music and gamers a new appreciation for music they hear while immersed in play. This hour we'll talk with the channel's curator, meet a composer of video game music, and hear what game music is burned in your brain. Join us. Welcome to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. It doesn't get more old-school public radio than spending time appreciating classical music. But this hour, we won't be listening to any kind of classical. We'll be listening to video game music. Because if you think it still sounds like this, then you are missing out on this. That's The Light We Cast by composer Jessica Curry for the video game Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, about an abandoned English village where all the inhabitants have mysteriously disappeared and you have to piece together what happened. Joining me now is Jennifer Miller-Hamill, who wants to make sure non-gamers have a way to hear some of the sophisticated video game musical scores that gamers have been appreciating for a while. She's the radio host and curator of a new streaming channel on Classical California called Arcade. Jennifer, welcome to Forum. Thank you, Mina. Oh, you had to start off with that incredible music. It just like took me back to when I first played that game. So thank you so much for sharing that one. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, take me back some more because I understand you're a classically trained vocalist and pianist mm-hmm. that grew up playing video games. So so what was one of the first times that a video game score really caught your attention, Jennifer? Well, we're going to go way, way back. Uh, we're going to go all the way back to 1993, in fact. Um, I 
was just starting to get back into computer games after a little time away, and I had asked my parents to get me a copy of Myst, uh, M-Y-S-T, where you can uh, explore this island full of mystery and read lots of books and sort of figure out what's going on with this family that lived on this island. And I just remember walking around and trying to get into the game and just stopping and listening to the music that was playing in the background. And for me, it was really the first time that I sort of understood that music can play this incredibly emotional, this incredibly vital role in the whole construction of a game. Let's hear a little bit of Mist. That's the main theme from the video game Mystery Exile, composed by Jack Wall. It's one of the songs that Jennifer Miller Hamill wants to highlight as what you hear in video game music and the emotional power that video game music has. And uh, Jennifer, for gamers who love music, for non-gamers who love classical, you've now created a way for folks to hear this kind of music. Tell us a little bit about Arcade what I call it the uh, common living space between these two musical worlds. Uh, For me growing up, I never really had uh, barriers in my mind in terms of what classical music was. I was raised on a very healthy diet of Bernstein and Gershwin, as well as movie music. And so for me, anything that was played by an orchestra in a concert hall, I considered to be classical music. So when I became, when I was older, and I was like, why am I not hearing these incredible video game scores in the concert? hall, I started then to realize that there definitely were some barriers there. So I wanted to create a place where I could showcase this incredible music, the artistry of these incredible composers that work in the game space, and really give it a home where people who may never ever pick up a controller and play a video game could then also experience the incredible artistry, the incredible emotion of this music. And that's what that's where Arcade started from. You mentioned barriers. When you initially pitched the concept of Classical California, I understand that uh, you did encounter some skepticism. Even you were told that it could be polarizing. Mm -hmm. What was the concern? Um, well, we get a lot of feedback um, that you know, soundtrack music in general, whether it comes from movies, television, video games, can be very polarizing for some classical fans who feel like that that music doesn't belong in the classical music space. Um, to which I argue, you know, Eric Korngold wrote incredible movie scores. Camille Saint-Saëns was one of the first to write a movie score, actually. So I, I really wanted to uh, come back to those that were skeptical about this project and say, well, this music, it's programmatic music. It tells a story just as much as Beethoven's Pastoral Symphony does or Debussy's Claire de Lune. And this is music that can stand on its own. If you went and listened to, say, that theme from Mist 3 that we just heard, you definitely take something away from it without knowing the context of the music. It is just as powerful as pieces from your favorite classical composers. Yeah, well, let me invite listeners to join the conversation. Now, let me ask classical music fans what you think, what your opinion is of 
video game music. If you're a gamer, what are some of your favorite video game scores? Is there a piece of classical music that you first heard in a video game? You can call us at 866-733-6786, 866-733-6786. You can email your comments or questions to forum at kqed.org. Find us on our social channels at KQED Forum. And Elliot on Discord writes, when I first launched FTL, Faster Than Light, and saw the title screen, that single note with the pause followed by the cheerful but lowly melody, my eyes honestly welled up. It still makes me feel like I wanted to cry in a good way. It might seem a little weird, but there's so much emotional and narrative context provided by the game that music can enhance, or alternatively, something simple can be given so much emotional weight by the music. You have talked about this, Jennifer, that, that the music isn't just wallpaper, that it actually plays a really functional role as well. Do you want to just say a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, a, a great recent example um, would be the music in Starfield. Um, and I know we'll get into that in just a little bit. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, but the music in Starfield, I feel like really plays such a wonderful role in the entire structure of that game. Because Like uh, the example that your listener on Discord said, when you open up the title screen to Starfield, there is this like high note that sort of just pings out there. And it's just your musical cue that you're about to go on an adventure that you see places you've never been to before. And then there are different motives in uh, in the main theme that sort of uh, give audio triggers on things that are about to happen. Um, You're about to level up or you're about to take off and soar through the stars and go to another planet. So music, as you were saying, it's not just wallpaper. It is definitely a way to sort of give you that audio cue that something big, something powerful is about to happen. Well, the listener writes, what a great topic. One of my favorite YouTube videos is of someone playing Zelda music on a piano in public, and someone comes up to him and asks if it's Bach. So what's the feedback been on Arcade, actually from video game fans in particular? I'm just curious what you've heard from video game fans. I've been really uh, pleased to see that a lot of the listeners, because video game fans can be notoriously picky. Um, (laughs) I am one of those. Uh, But it's been really great to hear from fans that they really love the variety of music they've been able to get on Arcade. It's not just music from one particular period. It is not just The Legend of Zelda or Super Mario or Sonic. But the fact that they're also getting to hear from some of their favorite uh, scarier games like Parasite Eve or smaller indie experiences like East Shade or What Remains of Edith Finch. So I think it's been really lovely um, to get that feedback and know that they've been really, really happy with the variety. But then also to your to the comment there, it is sort of taking them back to an emotional place where they remember playing that game for the first time. And it brings back those really lovely memories. Yeah. And I understand you also play songs that are not necessarily made for a video game, but were on a video game soundtrack. Like, for example, I heard Beethoven's Ode to Joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a lot of classical music um, has been used in video games in very iconic ways. And that was one of the ways that I was able to build this project through Classical California was to showcase then also the classical music side of things that can be heard in the video game world. I talked to a lot of uh, fans who are, uh, they're big lovers of the Grand Theft Auto, the GTA series. Uh-huh. And they remember hearing uh, La Donna Immobile from Verdi's Rigoletto 
uh, in an ad for, I believe it was GTA 3, and that's where they remember hearing that piece for the first time, and it's always stuck with them. Every time they hear it, you know, whether it's they're in the opera house or they're hearing it on Classical California, they remember watching this insane trailer for GTA 3. Um <laughs> Yeah, so it's just it's really lovely to hear like those those experiences then too with the classical music side. Yeah, so then do you feel like you're bringing like gamers to classical music who may not know that they're classical music fans or creating a generation of classical music fans out of them? Totally. I was I was joking with a friend the other day that it's almost like you know when your children and your parents want you to eat broccoli and they put cheese on it just to <laughs> sort of no. Uh, but <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's a great way for people to uh, to really understand that like hey, I actually really am a classical music fan because I played Tetris and I remember hearing that Tchaikovsky piece on there when yes. I was playing Tetris in the backseat of my parents' minivan. <laughs> um, or I was playing The Evil Within the other day and I heard the strains of Debussy's Claire de Lune and, and it just brought me into the next place that I was supposed to be. Uh, right. Yeah, so it's it's been really refreshing to hear from fans like, yeah, I actually do really love classical music. I just had no idea. Well, let me go to caller Isabel in Redlands. Hi, Isabel, you're on. Hi, I'm so excited to have two of my favorite radio hosts on the air at the same time right now. <laughs> Hi, Isabel. I only listen to KVCR and um, Classical California, and I am so excited right now at this fusion. <laughs> but I wanted to say that while um, uh, KQED can sometimes be a little heavy to listen to with my six-year-old and eight-year-old in the backseat on the way to school, we listen to Classical California, and our very favorite time is when there are some classical style music. Sometimes there will be a Latin influence or newer composers, and the kids will surprise me with saying like, wow, mom, this sounds really neat. And I find that it's a bridge. You know, it's really hard to convince oh. young kids sometimes mm-hmm. that classical music is cool. But um, I find that it's the type of, you know, it's it's the music that would be considered not necessarily traditionally classical, that can be a bridge, like you said, broccoli with cheese. And my 13-year-old that plays video games, which I do not like at all, he says, but mom, the score is so good. You should give it a try sometime. You should, you know, listen to some of the music. So I really do find that there's something there. It can be a bridge between generations to help the newer generation appreciate classical. Uh, Well, Isabel, thanks so much for the call. Really appreciate that. And you've got a smart kid there. (laughs) All right. We will be hearing more about the power of video game music after the break. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Musical scores, they play a vital role in the gaming experience, helping immerse the player in a game and provide clues on where the action is headed. We're listening now to the theme for the game Starfield by composer Enon Zur, who joins me now. Enon, welcome to Forum. Thank you, Mina, and great to be on your your show. Really appreciate it. You're joining us with Jennifer Miller-Hamill, creator of the Webstream Arcade on Classical California that's devoted to playing video game music. And you, our listeners, are sharing a video game musical score that you remember or appreciate or that you'd listen to even when you're not playing the game at 866-733-6786 by posting on our social channels, Instagram, our digital community on Discord, by emailing forum at kqed.org. Elliot on Discord writes again with Hollow Night, City of Tears. I clearly remember the moment I first walked into the city as the night. The music immediately conveyed so much emotion, so wistful, but also full of grief. I immediately understood the significance of where I was. Enon, that's sort of what you're going for when you're creating music, right? Tell us a little more about this theme from Starfield that we were just listening to, which is a role-playing game where you explore the universe. I'm so curious what you were thinking about as you were composing this theme, what you were wanting to achieve. Well, you know, there were like three pillars overall. And it's interesting because when I was summoned to the keep of Mr. Todd Howard, who is the legendary creator for Starfield, as well as Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Um, He told me, um, I'm thinking about a space game. And this is not going to be your usual space game. It's going to be something that will ask many questions. It'll be philosophical and it will allow the player to literally open their wings and fly. And then he Mm. said, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so, uh, you know, I thought about it. And, you know, the the first thing I felt was like, oh, this kind of like I was like shocked. And then I felt a bit fear, you know, just like where I'm going with this. And then I felt a lot of excitement. Hey, we're embarking on a new journey. And then I kind of like realized that this is exactly what happened to anybody that being thrown into space, real space. Mm. First, the awe, and then the fear, and then the excitement. And I think that this is what I tried to encapsulate, not, not only in the main theme of Starfield, but also all the music that I wrote for Starfield to combine this awe feeling, but also the some of the darkness and the fear, but more than anything else, the excitement for embarking on a new journey. Yeah. How much did you have to consider the game's sound effects as you were composing the music? 
That's a great question. Well, you know, I mean, there's lots to, you know, to talk about it, but I just can give you like a very, you know, small example. So when you are inside a ship um, and you're flying it, there is a hum of of, of the, the engines, right? And so we, we discovered that most of the hums circulating around the note E. And so if you listen to the music I wrote, for inside the internal part that when you're inside the ship, most of the music is in E, either E major or E minor, which will coexist, you know, with, so yes, uh, as a composers, um, we are definitely try to take into consideration, not only coexist, but also support uh, and enhance the sound effects. Mm. Enanzer is an award-winning composer whose scores include Starfield, Fallout, Siberia, and Dragon Age video games. This listener writes, My former stepson used to spend hours and hours gaming. It concerned me, but it was the music in Mario Brothers that led me to let go of my judgment of what I saw as a waste of time in game playing. I started to understand the pull towards playing and the beauty in the experience. He is a profound lover of music and a talented singer on key. <laughs> love that story let me go to susan in san francisco susan you're on good morning i think in this discussion it's really important to point out that this music is played by real musicians mm. uh they assemble wagnerian size orchestras a lot of it uh, used to be maybe still is done up at um, skywalker ranch but i think that it's really crucial to know that it all starts with real people, some of the best musicians in the Bay Area. A lot of opera and symphony people love to do those sessions because the music is so interesting, and it's just a lot of fun to do. And I think the aspect of real people rather than electronically generated stuff has a lot to do with why the music grabs people so much. I love that point, Susan, because yes, Jennifer, so much of the music is orchestral music. It's played by real people, real instruments, yeah. right? Totally. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've attended a few sessions, um, and, and these are just massive, gigantic orchestras that get together to record these sessions. These are musicians that play frequently for John Williams and on some of your favorite film scores as well. Um, and it's so exciting to be in the control room and to listen to the the scores getting recorded piece by piece and coming together and then layering them over and over again and just hearing the music grow and grow and grow. It's such a emotional, exciting experience to be there. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, you're composing music that somebody may listen to like over and over and over again especially yeah. if they're stuck on a level in a video game do you take that into consideration too how does that affect the composing Enon? most definitely most definitely and um there are a few um principles that um guiding me um one of them is this um for me um music inside game should not be noticed it should be felt mm. you don't really hear the music you feel the music and this way the music do not call too much attention to itself unless it's really an important dramatic moment but on the other hand it projects the emotion that i as a composer want to um 
apply to the scene. So this is the first thing. The second, you know, um, principle is how do you build a piece of music that could be go again and again and again, and still not really bore or or get tedious. And <clears throat> I think it actually takes us back to the principle of classical composition, because if you create something that has an exposition and then some kind of a development and then back a recapitulation, you create the right balance between things that introducing new materials and things that are repeating. So the repetition helps the, the listener and the player get hooked on the theme, but the new material actually gets them going and oh this is something else this is something interesting finding the right balance in doing this actually really dictates if the music works well in the game or it gets tedious and then unfortunately sometimes even get turned off well you also compose for film and tv do you find that there's sort of a different kind of freedom to a video game then because you're not also trying to write to an image most definitely yes one of the um things that you know caught my attention and actually grabbed me more than anything else when i was introduced first to video game composing and that was in 1996 for the game star trek uh, klingon academy um is the fact that yes i am not locked to a picture before that i composed hundreds of tv episodes um and some movies and it's not that it's somewhat disturbing but just the feel of the freedom to really go back to compose music the way i was educated and i've learned really to create a piece of music with a proper introduction and then introducing a theme or thematic material and then elaborating it all of that is really allowing the composer to go at it and to create a piece that what we call more a complete piece of music rather than something that is being dictated by the picture it plays to let me go to caller wesley in san jose wesley you're on hello can you hear me yeah all right yeah i was just uh I, I didn't catch the first few minutes, but there's this game series that's really awesome, and it's called Fallout. And it takes place in this sort of 50s-ish, kind of post-apocalyptic wasteland. But the soundtrack that they have on it is all these classic songs by just iconic artists that I would have never listened to. But to this day, like 10 years later after playing the game, still listen to Marty Robbins. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, uh, D, Dino, the, the Ink Spots. Um, it's amazing to me what games can bring to folks who just aren't for, didn't listen to those genres, but yeah. you get into it. It's, well, it's amazing to me. Well, Wesley, you are in luck because the composer of the songs from Fallout 4, the main theme from Fallout 4, is with us, Enon Zur. Enon, do you want to say anything to Wesley? And do you also want to talk a little bit about the music you composed for Fallout 4? Of course. 4? Well, you know, thank you, Wesley. Yes, great point. And one of the great things about the Fallout series, I composed the music for Fallout Tactics 3, New Vegas 4, and 76. Um is that um, the amazing uh, audio team at Bethesda 
um, found a way to integrate the score with these amazing songs from the 50s. And they're doing it so seamlessly. I, I must tell you that me, myself, I fell in love with these songs as well. And, you know, I mean... I am not that young. I'm approaching 60, but I was born in Israel. And, uh, you know, these songs were not that common in Israel. So I was introduced to these songs through Fallout, believe it or not, and really fell in love with the style. Well, let's hear the main theme from Fallout 4. So Jennifer, you said that this theme surprised you musically, and even just playing the Fallout series, it, it really changed your opinion of role-playing games. Talk about the impact of this. Well, and and I am 100% on board with what Wesley was saying in terms of uh, just the music being just surprising and, and grabbing you. I, I grew up in a family that we listened to a lot of the American Songbook and a lot of jazz, so actually having uh, access to that music in the game was part of what kept me involved because it wasn't uh, a genre of game I had played a whole lot of before I got into it. And then at one point I just said, okay, I'm going to shut off the jazz radio station and I'm going to listen to the music that Enon composed for Fallout. And so I'm just, I'm walking around this devastated wasteland and I'm hearing just these just beautiful ambient sounds and just like a little bit of tension underneath. And then of course this grand score that we're listening to right now, this main theme which really just sets this tone for this epic adventure that you're about to go on. It was the music that really kept me invested in Fallout and then made me a lover of this kind of role-playing game. So thank you, Enon. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, I appreciate it. <laughs> it you know, and this, uh, it's just sort of like the contrast, the huge contrast that you see these devastating pictures and you hear these cheery, like, I don't want to set the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, wow, this is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is writes as a classical music lover. I'm surprised at all the new info flying by me right now. Please spell out how old timers like me can access arcade ASAP. Similarly, Nancy writes, I love the idea of the intersection of classical and gaming music. Hooray. Where can we find arcade online? I'm so glad I'm a member of KDFC and KQED. All right, Jennifer, so how can listeners hear this? All right, there are two very, very easy ways for you to access Arcade as soon as Forum is over. Go tune it in. <laughs> um, you can find us, uh, first of all, at kdfc.com, um, our website. We have a section up at the top that says More Streams. Just click on that, and then you can select Arcade from that menu. Or the easiest way, go download the KDFC app, and you can listen to, to Arcade right from there. Well, this listener writes, what about some of the earlier game music from the earlier game generation, specifically the Chrono Trigger soundtrack, which creates mm -hmm. an orchestral feeling while using only a 16-bit system, Jennifer? 
So there's a really lovely fully orchestral suite of Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross that you can listen to on Arcade. Um, It was an arrangement that was done by Video Games Live probably about 15 years ago. Um, And uh, Video Games Live has been a great source for bringing a lot of the older music to the uh, orchestral stage. So I spent a lot of time sourcing uh, these incredible orchestral recordings of these older pieces. Um, Again, music from Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross. Of course, you can hear a fully orchestrated version of themes from Sonic the Hedgehog. It's really wonderful to hear how this beautiful music, which we've only been able to hear through an 8-bit or 16-bit you know, MIDI processor, um, then getting to hear it with a full orchestra. And so it just it, it makes the music even more impactful. How do you select the music for the stream? You, you sort of been hinting at this in your answers, but the stream mm. is, what, 15 hours long? That's a lot of music. Yeah. How do you choose what goes into it? <laughs> Uh, so when I when I was first given the green light to put together a proof of concept for this, um, I sat down and I really thought about the music that had made an impact on me from when I started playing Pac-Man on my best friend's Atari 2600 when I was you know, five years old, all the way up to when I'm playing today. And um, so I went to I went to a, a streaming service and I just started putting together a playlist. And then as I was doing that, I then thought about the music that I know has impacted my friends, the gaming series that they talk about, that they're really Mm -hmm. fascinated with, that my husband is really fascinated with. And so then that led me down all these different avenues and corridors of just like, wow, this is incredible. All right. Yeah. Oh, I'd forgotten that this was a great piece of music. And then I ended up presenting this. uh, Originally, it was a 12-hour proof of concept list, which has now grown to more like 20 hours. So there are definitely things that are in that upcoming version of Arcade that are it's not there now. Um, but I just really thought about the music that affected me, that, that touched me somewhere emotionally, that when I listened to it, that I really felt like it could stand on its own, that it I didn't need to know that it came from Battlefield 2, mm. that it was just a powerful piece of music. Yeah. We're talking with Jennifer Miller Hamill, a classically trained vocalist and pianist and curator of Arcade, which can be heard on KDFC in San Francisco and KUSC in LA. It's off of classical California. We're playing some of our favorite pieces and hearing why there's a new generation of classical music fans to be found among gamers. Enon Zara, video game composer, is with us as well, celebrated for his music. We're going to go into the break listening to Kara's main theme from the game Detroit, Become Human. I don't know if you just want to say a few words about it, Jennifer. Detroit uh, came out about five years ago, and it's an incredible masterclass in the branching narrative genre of game where uh, you take control of three characters and any decision you make can greatly affect the outcome of the story. And the music is incredible. It just it highlights the humanity in each one of these characters that are actually androids. <laughs> and it just shows you how powerful uh, how powerful this story can be, especially when it's illuminated with this beautiful music. We're talking video game music. Stay with us for more after the break. I'm Nina Kim. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. 
Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. This is Forum. I'm Ina Kim. California has a new web stream called Arcade that plays video game music with the tagline that says it takes you from Mozart's Vienna to the Mushroom Kingdom. We're talking with Jennifer Miller Hamill, curator of Arcade and program host for Classical California. Also, Enon Zur, award-winning composer whose scores include Starfield, Fallout, Siberia, and Dragon Age. And we're talking with you, our listeners. Are you a gamer? What are some of your favorite video game scores? Are you a classical music fan? What's your opinion of video game music? Is there a piece of classical music that you first heard in a video game? Or what do you want to ask a video game music composer? Tell us at 866-733-6786. Email forum at kqed.org. Find us on our social channels on Discord and at KQED Forum. Lucy on Discord writes, I used to work at Sony PlayStation HQ in San Mateo as an animator. And one of my favorite things about game development, there was visiting the music recording floor, hearing beautiful music being composed for various projects. There is something magical about hearing the games you are making come to life with music. And another listener on Discord writes, I've still rarely heard anything as powerful as Christopher Tin's Calling All Dawns from Civilization 4. Part of what has kept me coming back to that soundtrack again and again was an experience in high school where a district chorus director chose Kia Ora Tameruno, <laughs> Tamerino, sorry, for our 200-person choir to sing. And it was one of the crowd favorites of the night. It was so exciting to hear the emotion of a song I already loved come to life in that big of a way. Ben in San Francisco, join us as well. Did you have something about civilization? Yeah, I actually, um, uh, as far as I know, uh, the soundtrack of Civilization Four um, is the only uh, video game soundtrack I know about that has won a Grammy. Um, and I actually, I didn't realize this when I initially called him, but they just established in 2023 for the first time a, a video game soundtrack category for the Grammys. I was going to ask about other soundtracks that um, the the uh, contributors had maybe wished had gotten that level of rec- recognition mm. uh, more recently, but I'm also curious about their thoughts on the new category and whether they think that it's good that more video game soundtracks might be recognized that way or if it should if they should just be winning Grammys in other categories on a regular basis regardless. Hmm. Enon, I'll go to you first on that. What do you think about the types and ways that video game music is being recognized? Um, I didn't know much about the awards that were available to it and so on. And I think Ben's second question was if there was a piece of music that they think really deserves that kind of recognition. Well, I mean, 
So video games had their own sort of like world um, and has their own um, award shows like the Game Awards uh, by Jeff Keighley and the Dice Award and the Recognition Joystick and these kind of awards. The, the Grammys actually is a great addition uh, for, um, you know, what we have to, um, what we really want to um sort of like yearn and achieve for uh, because this is sort of like connecting the video game world to the rest of the media which today I think it is inevitable um, but I still think that the best way for video game music to be recognized is by concerts and today mm -hmm. there are, are hundreds of classical concerts around the world, in fact, way more than uh, music for TV or film um, that are being produced by various um, producers and artists and that are playing uh, video game music. And I think this is an amazing opportunity for any classical uh, music lovers to being introduced in the right way to video game music. Jennifer, we just heard the Last of Us theme, and I understand that you got to hear this performed um, at the Hollywood Bowl. Can you tell us what that was like? So this past summer, uh, uh, Enon mentioned the Game Awards. Well, they celebrated their 10-year anniversary this year, and so they celebrated with a big concert at the Hollywood Bowl. And this was the first time in, I believe, 15 years that the Hollywood Bowl had hosted a concert of video game music. And so uh, during the performance, uh, Neil Druckmann from, uh, from Naughty Dog uh, came out and announced that, of course, they were going to be playing music from The Last of Us. And then he announced that the composer himself, Gustavo Santolaya, was going to come out and play the main theme with the Hollywood Bowl Orchestra, to which everybody in the audience just gasped. And so he walks out, he sits down, he picks up the guitar, and he starts playing those beautiful arpeggios that you hear at the beginning of the piece. And then the orchestra just comes in slowly underneath with that you know, very tense sort of violin sound. And then they just go into the main theme that we all have gotten to know very well from the video game and then, of course, from the television show now. Um, and I'm, I started crying. And, and, I, and I felt very silly. I was like, why am I crying? And, and, but because th this is a game that has affected me deeply. As anyone who's played The Last of Us will tell you, it's a very emotionally affecting game. And I'm looking around to see if I was the only one. And I was not. I'm looking around <laughs> and I see people in the boxes next to me and then you know, people behind me. And 25,000 people there at the Hollywood Bowl that night. And you... You could drop a pin. <laughs> you could, everyone was just silent and crying, <laughs> listening to this music. And it was so powerful because we're all having this shared experience of whether we've seen the television show or we've played the game. We know how important that theme is in uh, that series and how it affects us. And, and to Enon's point, like concerts are the best way to experience this music, to really get it out there and to see how... Uh, it can affect you emotionally. And the traditional institutions like the L.A. Philharmonic or the San Francisco Symphony and so on, are they receptive to this idea? So the L.A. Phil uh, was involved, actually, in the Game Awards concert at the Hollywood Bowl, uh, which was, I think, the first time that they've they've done anything like that. Um, and I know someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I, I was so impressed 
um, to see that, uh, to see that, you know, they had their logo on this poster and they were very accepting of it. And it, it gives me hope that maybe there can be something like that in the future. We have organizations uh, here in Los Angeles, like the LA Jewish Symphony, uh, who have done incredible work with video game music. The Pacific Symphony has also done st- uh, uh, concerts of video game music. So I'm hoping yeah. that this will slowly evolve into something bigger. Like making it part of their regular lineup. Absolutely. Let me go to let me go to Jack in San Francisco. Jack, you're on. Hi. More than 20 years ago now, um, when I was in middle school, my mom bought me a copy of Final Fantasy X. Hmm. And there is this beautiful um, theme song called Xanark End in it, which really affected me emotionally. And this, I feel like video games, um, this particular video game is a... It's like the ultimate star-crossed lovers, and this is the theme song that goes throughout. Um, it's really affected throughout my life because I've looked back to it. I re- I recently um, listened to the full soundtrack uh, streaming recently because it was available. I remember as a, in middle school, 20-plus years ago, I, I had to go way out of my way to find a CD in Japan, and I ordered it, and it was one of my coveted things. Um but I've realized throughout my life, looking back to this song, listening to it again and again, it was really critical in building my uh, my emotional, um, you know, language and my my ability to empathize. And hmm. I feel like video games—they're just another form of storytelling, um, whether like books or plays or anything. And the music is so critical in telling those stories. Um, yeah. So this particular piece has been incredibly important to me throughout my life and it still is well thanks for sharing that jack and also actually we have a listener omar who tweets my favorite score is the opening theme of final fantasy 10 which inspired me to listen to classical music another listener writes my favorite music of all time from a video game is the halo theme song the gradual buildup of the various song layers as the action intensifies created some of the best gaming experiences that i can remember that sort of combination of visual audio and action also creates a cinematic experience that makes the whole thing enjoyable and intense for everyone involved even people watching And Elliot writes, I remember when I came across Zia singing in the game Bastion, I immediately stopped in my tracks, scared because I feared the slightest movement could trigger a cutscene, and I wanted to hear this whole song. And this was way before game soundtracks were easy to find online. I still sing it to my baby every night as a lullaby, even made up an extra verse so I can sing it longer when the baby needs it. You know, I was thinking about the... uh, comment earlier about Chrono and then just about the limitations that composers probably had to work under in the 80s, right, who came up with songs for like Pac-Man and Donkey Kong. I'm assuming nowadays, I mean, there really aren't any limitations in terms of the kind of music that you can create for video games. That's totally true. I remember when I started in 96, um, all we could afford was one stereo stream that we would share with a sound effect and dialogue. Well, I mean, you could imagine to yourself what a battle that was, Um, you know, and obviously we could not do any implementation or integration. Music just played and looped and played and looped. Today, um, we could do pretty much everything. Um, There is a built-in engine and softwares and applications that are being programmed to have the music played in anywhere, 
anyhow um, to support seamlessly uh, the experience of gamers. But my feeling is we're just starting because when machine learning will get into this, then not only we could do that, but actually computer game could study you when you're playing it. And the computer game can actually feature and tailor make um, the music in the game to your taste. And this is maybe the next step that um, we will um, try to achieve. Um, but again, literally the sky is the limit today. Whoa. Are you worried about the potential impact of on composers if that happens or... Or no? Well, you know, as everybody else, um, AI is, um, you know, something that we we see. However, I believe, you know, I remember like when MIDI and um, uh, came in, and then the sampling. Um, still, there are lots and lots and lots of recording of live instruments so as long as we remember that everything is just a tool for us to use and that's something to replace because technology I don't think can ever replace you know human brain um, at, at least until now um, then I think I am not very worried about that we're talking with composer Enon Zur and with uh, vocalist, pianist, and host, curator of Arcade, Jennifer Miller-Hamill, about video game music, and you are listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Let me go to Kyle in Richmond. Kyle, you're on. Hi there. Um, so I'm a, a musician first and a gamer second. I actually got into gaming during the pandemic, um, but in that time, I've I've really been blown away by the music that is out there. I mean, I have probably never heard anything as emotional as the soundtrack to the Mirror Games by Keichi Okabe. Um, but what I was thinking about today and sort of talking about some of the interactions between sound design and score um, is that I've been seeing a lot of games recently where part of the game experience is actually discovering sound and discovering music. Um, there's a game that's called Season, A Letter to the Future, where one of the main mechanics is actually that the character uh, has a field recorder and they will kind of take samples of sounds and that, that sound design blends with the composition. Oh, and I'm wondering wow. if that's 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 like a normal thing for the composer to also really be thinking about sort of the, huh. the actual like atmosphere of the game environment. Kyle, thanks. Enon. Well, great question. And yes to all. Um, composer um, for video games, like for everything else, but more than anything else for video games, since again, we are not bound to be um, locked to a picture. We try to illustrate everything around the experience. So if there is something there that, you know, again, with the audio director and the producer, we think that the music needs to highlight, then by all means, and we're going to use any possible way to achieve it. Um, if it's, 
you know, by certain type of composition or even the way we project it with speakers, with surround sound, um, the experience, the emotional um, experience, which is mainly being done by the music, is taken very very seriously but by all um game makers and it's always a challenge but a thrill to do that hmm. well thanks for that question kyle and for sharing that with us carrie writes i'm 66 i'm sure my generation can relate i was reminded by a friend that this is the same way we were introduced to classical music as kids by watching those classic old cartoons <laughs> Christy writes, I'm sitting in my car listening and thinking about how I am not a gamer, but now I feel like I want to go experience those vistas, if only to hear the music integrating the experience. Thanks for this program, and I will definitely be going to listen to Arcade. Jennifer, for people who are thinking similarly to the way that Christy is, that they could get involved in playing a game if it includes this kind of music and can create this kind of experience for them, what would you recommend to non-gamers as a good entry point? Oh, gosh, that's a huge question. Um, well, I, I would say really go with uh, what you're interested in. Are you interested in exploring uh, a devastated wasteland, perhaps from an atomic conflict like in Fallout? Or would do you want to go into space and experience a gigantic space opera like something in Mass Effect? I think really think about the kind of media that you're interested in outside of video games. And what's really lovely about games nowadays, I, back when I first started playing in the 80s, games were very difficult. They were viciously difficult even. And nowadays you can adjust the difficulty to fit your style. So if you know that you've never really played anything that involves maybe having to shoot a laser gun, you can tailor it so that it's not as difficult to do and you can go in and or just enjoy the story. You can do that as well. Um, but really think about where you want to go what do you want to see what do you want to experience and then uh and then i can help you seek that out <laughs> if you want to. well ned writes i hope that arcade might encourage video game companies to release more of their music on cds or via streaming i found that my kids love the music in their games but when i've tried to find the music for purchase it either isn't available or is released as very expensive collectibles hopefully this effort might help encourage them to release the music in a more mainstream way. Well, Jennifer Miller-Hamill, clearly you are striking a chord. You are definitely <laughs> meeting a need for our listeners who have chimed in today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Mina. This has been an absolute pleasure. Jennifer Miller-Hamill is curator of Arcade, program host for Classical California, whose network of stations include KDFC in San Francisco and KUSC in Los Angeles. Enon, sir, it's been such a pleasure talking with you as well. And thank you so much, Mina, for the great honor to be hosted on your show. Oh, thank you. You can hear Enon's award-winning compositions on Starfield, Fallout, Siberia, and Dragon Age video games and, and more, I am sure. Thank you, listeners, for sharing the music that has meant so much to you. We're going to go out on Eris Theme by Nobuo Uematsu from the video game Final Fantasy VII. You've been listening to Forum. Thanks, Mark Nieto, for producing today's segment. I'm Mina Kim. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation.
Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.